0: Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Let's go! This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni,
2: on VSN, the sports betting network.
3: We're rolling along here. Hour two of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM, Stormy Bonantoni, and Jonathan Von Tobel at the desk live from downtown Las Vegas, the Circa Resort and Casino. And in the NFL, the start of legal tampering is about an hour in, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. Things got underway. So free agency is, for all intents and purposes, officially underway. And we wanted to look at some NFL free agents that mm. are they going to be a boom? or are they going to be a bus for some teams that ultimately end up getting them on their rosters? You ready for this?
2: After looking at this list? No,
3: <laughs> you are so disinterested in all of the NFL storylines well, okay, right I now. Mean, it's hysterical.
2: If, if we're being honest, I mean, come on. It's March. The brackets are set. All right. Yes. All right. Let me see. We're going to get want, back you, to basketball. I'll get, you know what? Next here. segment. Here, okay.
3: Next segment. All right. I'm in. All right. You're in. You're going to be out as soon as I read off the first name on our list. Odell Beckham Jr. All right. he was in. He's in talks with a ton of teams, working his way back from the torn ACL in last year's Super Bowl. His little, like, mini tour that he went on at the end of the regular season didn't bear any fruit. He didn't land anywhere.
2: I mean, he got kicked off of a plane. After he did it get old, kicked fat. off of yeah. a
3: plane. But still, you know, three-time pro bowler. Yeah. Um, he has been a piece that is was a significant addition when he was with Los Angeles. Boomer bust.
2: All right, here's the way. Do you want me to go overly enthusiastic or do you want me to go realistic?
3: It's you, so okay. go realistic.
2: Okay. Well, of course he's gonna be a bust. Well, like, because here's the thing. <laughs> he's
3: known for one good catch, but, guys, and it was an incredible catch.
2: All right, so the serious, the serious like conversation here is boomer bust is only, you can only determine boomer bust once we determine expectations and okay. what are the expectations for Odell Beckham jr. If Odell Beckham jr. Is being brought in to be like a third receiver that you don't need that much from, then sure. He could be a boom. He could be great. And I think the role in which he was, you know, flirting with like, you know, when our guy T Y Hilton went to the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> right? Looked great for the, uh, for the Cowboys. If he's going to be like, Hey, give us like one explosive, two explosive catches, maybe in a game, you know, we're not going to ask that much. You Sure. And I think that's probably what he is. So I'll say, let's go, boom! Let's go, boom! Because nobody's bringing him in to be the one.
3: Okay, I think that's fair. So the expectations are a little bit lower.
2: Yes. And he performs. Mm-hmm.
3: All right. How about Jimmy Garoppolo? Do you ever, do you remember that Rob Riggle like song? Not at all. Come on. Okay, we're gonna have to YouTube it in the commercial break because it's one of my favorites. And that's whenever I say Jimmy G or I say Jimmy Garoppolo, I start like singing that tune in my brain. But
2: doesn't it surprise me that you find Rob Riggle funny. What?
3: Why you got to be hating?
2: You said I was hating. I just, it That's makes my a lot type of, of humor. I was going to say, it okay? makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense.
3: Let me live. Jimmy Garoppolo, somebody who, like when really he has started, mm-hmm. has performed. I know wins are not a quarterback stat, but Correct. he has a good chunk of them, and he has had success in the starter's role. Will he be boom or bust wherever he lands?
2: Uh, so, again, I'll go with it depends on where he lands, right? No. So, No. Well, but it's no, real. So, like, So, for it. example – uh, we were talking with John McClain, right? What was the report when we talked to John McClain from Houston? Was that last week? Mm-hmm. It was, hey, they're going to get Jimmy Garoppolo potentially. Well, if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a backup quarterback to a rookie who's probably going to start. Then, yeah, it's going to be a boom. That's awesome. If Jimmy Garoppolo is your backup and he doesn't it's really have to do anything, yeah. yeah, exactly, and he has to come in perform. But if for it's a team, the
3: Raiders where there's expectations,
2: right? Well, I don't even know if he would beat out Jared Stidham, but that—that's another thing. Only because that's not a Jimmy G slight. That's—I think the Raiders really like Jared Stidham for whatever weird reason. Uh, in the in the realm of write another free agent quarterback uh, if it was like an anthony richard type who knows but anyway so if he's being brought in to be like a backup then i think you're fine if you're bringing him in like let's say who, who's a quarterback in the NBA team let's throw like washington out there right if you're bringing him in to be like maybe the stopgap to potentially pushing you into a postseason role and maybe a little bit higher i feel like you're asking for a bust because one of the things that jimmy garoppolo like the the problem with it is and you mentioned it what do we always go back to with Jimmy Garoppolo? It's quarterback wins. Why? Because the advanced metrics and other things kind of stink when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo. He puts the ball in harm's way. He commits a high rate of turnover worthy plays and does a lot of the time does he pay for it? No. You see it right there, 2022 and late through four interceptions. His turnover worthy play rate was actually pretty high. It was in the bottom half of the league. So if you're putting all those things together and if you're asking him be our starting quarterback for 17 games and help us contend, I think you're more in bust category.
3: Yeah, he, he hasn't been the type of player that's been put under a lot of pressure because of the weapons that he's had around right. him. He's been surrounded and by... And the it.
2: offensive scheme, too, right? Yes,
3: yes. So he was p- built for success, and largely in the wins and loss categories, he had them, but he's still, like, every game as a 49ers fan, you're like, how is he still overthrowing this guy? How is he so off-target in this instance? And I, I still hope for him, though, that had he hit Emmanuel Sanders on that post route in the Super Bowl, that we would talk about him differently. Um, but yes. I, I think we I really believe that we would. So um we'll see where he ends up landing. I think that whoever does get him will get somebody that is consistent though. Why are you smiling? Why are you making all these awkward faces? I'm, nothing, I'm laughing. You because, hate everything. No, because what?
2: so like I think I want to change my answer for Odell Beckham Jr. He's gonna be a, he's gonna be a total boom because you're
3: overthinking Because
2: this. Prince of Mukamara tweeted out an eight second video of him making a one handed catch shirtless. So I'm in.
3: Ugh. I'm in. It's like pro days, right? How like right. Because just...
2: like, I click the reason why I'm laughing is so I clicked that article I was like okay let's see this it was headline buffed up Odell Beckham Jr looked explosive during workout and then like the only thing that's in here of course because it's today's media is just like a picture of grainy footage of him making like a one handed catch from Prince of Mucamara's Twitter account so I'm in but uh, he's a boom he's gonna be a thousand yard receiver next year.
3: Okay, well, let's stick in that position group then, because the Minnesota Vikings, after a decade with Adam Thielen in their wide receiver room, released him this past weekend. Two-time Pro Bowler um, in 2022 had 70 catches, 716 yards, six touchdowns. Boom or bust?
2: Uh, let me think. I will go with I'll go with bust. All right, I won't do anything. I won't bring nuance into this. I'll just say bust. I think that when you're asking, if, you know, with Adam Thielen. What you're going to get from him? He had a pretty poor year by his own standards. It was his lowest PFF receiving grade since his rookie season, a 66.3. Doesn't really look, and he was never like an overtly explosive dude, but looked like that had been gone for the most part. Uh, I'm going to say that uh, similar to Odo Beckham Jr., but at a lesser like level. Unless you're bringing him in to be like a fourth guy, like you know third down possession type dude, I don't know what you're really getting out of him. So I'll say bust.
3: See. I don't know. I think that he could be a good, reliable number two if you've got like a young stud on the other side. He's a good veteran presence in the room type of a thing. He's been a really reliable red zone target. So I would think, I don't know. I'm going to say boom. I'm going boom.
2: Wow. You know what, Stormy? I have never been so appalled before. Boom goes
3: the dynamite, as they say. Uh, (laughs) Jadavian Clowney, former number one overall pick in 2022, 12 games played. Had just 28 tackles and two sacks, one forced fumble. Are we just going to go ahead and say bust?
2: I mean, isn't I mean, uh, I hate to do this because he is a human being, but hasn't he been throughout his entire career for the most part? Like that's hasn't really been a, a very impactful guy. And if you're looking at so like even this last year for Cleveland, you know, I think a lot of the success that he had. Was mainly due to lining up next to a dominant defensive end, and a lot of that was—it's almost like it was Bud Dupree, I think, who got money because he was just getting cleanup sack after cleanup sack playing next to TJ Watt. And even then, when you when you're playing 494 total snaps and 300 as a pass rusher, and you're only getting 29 total pressures and three sacks, like that's not really a, that's not really great, especially when you're playing next to a guy like Garrett. So he really fell off last year. It seemed like there was some like locker room stuff, right, that was bothering him uh, and this team and that dynamic. And I would say just given the production that we know from Jadavian Clowney, highest career grade in terms of a pass rusher as a PFF standpoint is seventy eight point eight. I'll go bust.
3: Okay. Last no, I'm I I I oh. teed it up by saying we're just saying bust, right? Oh, okay. I thought right. it was automatic. Right. I thought it was implied. But you, you were s- setting me up no, 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 just no. to
2: go the other direction. I thought
3: it was implied when you say the name Jadavian Clowney at this point that it's just bust. That's rude. Just no, he's I mean, he's been a disappointment. You're in and you're out. Every the time that I th- nicer. Every time that I think that he's going to be a good addition somewhere, it ends up not being even close. I mean, so
2: I thought he was I thought his where again, so if we're going to go like the the details on this, I think if you're adding him into a situation like he was in Cleveland where he's next to a dominant pass rusher that he's just going to clean stuff up because the mm-hmm. way better dude is doing a lot of damage, then yeah, I think he could totally be a really good fit. But if you're bringing him in to be one of your primary pressure guys, that's where I think you're asking for the wrong thing.
3: Okay, so with Saquon Barkley getting franchise tagged and not hitting the free agency market, Miles Sanders looks to be one of the top free agent candidates as running back. Boom or bust?
2: I think Miles Sanders is the best running back in the National Football League. So I'm going to say absolute boom. He is going to be fantastic. What is wrong he- with you? What? You don't believe me? <laughs> I def- so I, I, I buy it. I'm telling you all this, and, you, and now you because don't even believe me.
3: now you're just making a farce of this whole
2: thing. I I think it depends on This is an on,
3: exercise, JVT. This is an exercise. How
2: much is he getting paid?
3: Oof, that is the
2: question. I mean cuz look, here's the thing. And maybe part of this was injury related. I know that I had somebody in Philly reach out to me cuz I was one of the things that I was on in the Super Bowl was under Miles Sanders rushing yards and that got there cuz Sanders if you look at it it's from me from Week 15 onward, we're talking about not posting a PFF rushing grade higher than 66 and surpassing, what are we talking about here? Like You're talking about 42, 67, 61, 33, had that outburst against New York Giants in the divisional round, 42, 16. He ended the season on a really, really like bad downturn. And is that because he had a small knee injury that he was dealing with, is that, hey, you know what, you're a running back, and you get, after a while, you just get worn down. It's not like he's old by any stretch. He got drafted in 2019, but we know how this goes with running backs. So if you're shelling out a whole bunch of money for him to be your lead back, coming off of a year in which maybe a knee injury slowed him down, I feel like you're kind of going in bust territory if that's what you're going to do with him.
3: I like Miles Sanders.
2: I said he was the best running back. You told me to stop, so I don't know.
3: Because you're being facetious, and I need... I told you Let's for this exercise, I wanted real. I wanted reality. Okay, I just wanted a little bit more enthusiasm, a little more enthusiasm Whoa, behind your reality. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I told you if I get fired Freudian for anything, slip. it's it's gonna be for just something. Elliot awkward. had a
2: Freudian slip off the air yeah, earlier he, today. That was good.
3: He did well. I, that's a word you can say on the radio though.
2: That's that's a good point. We're on TV. He said though.
3: picks, but imagine the "k" sound is missed. So there you go.
2: Okay.
3: <laughs> what? No, see making fun of me for anything. Anyways, where I land on that is I like Miles Sanders. I think he's going to be a boom. I just worry that maybe he was at a little bit um, of an advantage in the Eagles system under Shane Steichen. And I don't know how that'll look with a different offensive coordinator that doesn't play to his strengths quite as much. Indianapolis he head coach Dave
2: Steichen. Let's go.
3: There you
1: go. We got to take a break. We'll be right back. So, what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play Stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
0: What's up? I'm John Wall.
5: And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one on one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have ticked it all?
0: I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You think I it? Ain't
5: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ
0: Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on vSEN, the sports betting network.
3: Before you make your next bet, be sure you visit vcin.com. Check out the current betting splits data. You want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. so You can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin's here to make you a more informed, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. And uh, all of the tournament games... Up there now as well, getting a track on the handle. March Madness is officially underway. The first four starting tomorrow. Stormy Bonantoni and Jonathan Von Tobel live at Circa Resort and Casino. To chat up some hoops with us, we bring in Michael Calabrese, college basketball analyst at the Action Network at East Breeze on Twitter. By the way, so my name is Stormy. My mom wanted my middle name to be Breeze, but my dad said that's excessive. He said, you know, Stormy Breeze, Stormy Sky, all that stuff. Can't do it. Can't do it.
2: Your dad your dad is a man of reason.
3: <laughs> so my middle name's Nicole, anyways, moral of the it's story. My older they, went sister's as, name. they went as plain as they could after that. But welcome in, Michael. How right, are so you my today? Older has a
7: plain <laughs> name. I'm doing great. This is the time of year when people come out of the woodwork, you know, friends, family, ex-girlfriends, everybody's looking for advice on, you know, their final four, that first round upset. And it feels good because, you know, when you're mining the depths of mid-major basketball in January, no one wants to talk to you about Grand Canyon basketball. But this week, everybody does. So I'm very excited to get into it.
3: Are you giving some bad picks to the ex-girlfriends? Like, did any of them do you dirty? And you're just like, actually, you know who you should bet on to win it all? UNC Asheville. They're really going to make it. They're great this year.
7: I like to be a little bit more cloak and dagger than that. (laughs) Hey, Emily, Purdue, Everybody loves Grimm this year. Just put them right to the national championship. There's nothing they can't do offensively. It's a lock. Fire that in there.
2: Uh, I want to talk about the Lopes, uh, but actually I just kind of want to talk to their opponent. Uh, what do you make of Gonzaga? Big picture here as we enter it, because it feels like Gonzaga is one of those teams that, you know, enters quietly, but then now that the brackets are set, and everybody realizes that they've won nine straight and covered six of those things and beaten the crap out of St. Mary's last Tuesday here in Vegas, that it's like, hey, maybe Gonzaga is actually kind of flying under the radar and maybe this is the year where they...
7: Finally get it done. Yeah, I've been referring to them as the zombie zags for the last month because everyone wrote them off. They were dead, throw some dirt on their grave, and then they just go from that overtime loss against the Gales. And as you mentioned, they've been beating the brakes off of everybody. I also think they got a great draw. UCLA is Mm -hmm. wounded at this point, Mm -hmm. losing Jalen Clark, the defensive player of the year in the Pac-12. Adem Bona. Bona is banged up as well. So to me, when you look at their path, Drew Timmy is the offensive engine But overall, they play at such a high level, number one in almost all the advanced metrics in terms of offensive efficiency. I think they have a great path to the Elite Eight. And at this point, I think the pressure is off of them as opposed to last year when there was so much pressure coming in, this feeling that it was national championship or bust. We'll see how Mark Few uses that human element to his advantage.
3: What are some other teams as you're, you're looking at path now with the bracket set that you think could make a run?
7: So one of the teams that is, you know, not on the top four line that I think has a, a decent path is Creighton. And mm-hmm. when you talk about the championship DNA, a lot of you know the terminology that gets thrown around. When you look at Ken Palm, are is there a team that when you add together their offensive and defensive efficiency, is it below 60? Well, Creighton is top 30 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. They have Kalkbrenner in the middle to be able to, you know, slow down opposing bigs. And then I love their guard play on the perimeter. And when you look at their path, potentially catching Baylor and then Arizona. Those are two teams that spent a decent amount of the year in the AP, you know, top 15, but I think they're both vulnerable playing against Creighton who cut their teeth in the big East. I think there's a lot of value in teams out of the big 12, the big East who had those challenging, you know, two games every single week down the stretch. So I don't think they're going to be intimidated. They're not, certainly not going to be out of their depth playing against an Arizona team that I actually don't think can match them in terms of guard play. So Creighton is my surprise team to make the Final Four. They're my highest seed in the Final Four.
2: So using that exercise, another Big East team that falls uh, in that parameter would be Marquette, no?
7: Absolutely. I I think the biggest concern, the red flag there, is that Chaka Smart has lost every single (laughs) Round of 64 game in March Madness. I want to say dating back to 2013. You can only hang your hat on that VCU Final Four run for so long. So I think there's a huge monkey on his back. Can he get over it? Can they get out of the first round? I was even a little bit skittish when I saw Vermont. They're very tough Mm -hmm. mid-major, you know, as a 15 seed. But getting that first win, I do think that they can catch fire. And at this point in the season, with it so wide open, the parameters for me is, you know, is there anything that's special about your team? And they're certainly special on the offensive end top 10 in so many of the offensive metrics. So I believe that the Golden Eagles can make a deep run and also at some point a one or a two seed. You got to believe in some of them because this has been a year that have been, you know, cutting down a lot of those top seeds because they've been so vulnerable particularly against unranked opponents. But I think Marquette's proven throughout the season that they can get it done and, you know, the, the Big East was a conference that really prepared them to be able to play lots of different brands of basketball as well. It's not just the, you know, rough and tumble black and blue days of the Big East in the 1980s.
3: Here with Michael Calabrese of the Action Network. And there must be something in the water in the Big East because your final four, Creighton, Marquette, UConn, and Texas. So three of the four coming out of the same conference. Um, As far as round one goes, Michael, when some of these lines dropped, what was one that immediately drew your attention?
7: So one thing I like to do, you know, system betting sometimes can be a little bit overvalued, but I like to focus on the travel. I want to see teams that are traveling the furthest to play in their pods, and in this case, Princeton having to travel all the way to Sacramento to take on a resurgent Arizona team, I don't think that number is nearly high enough. I would play it all the way up to minus 18. I think the Wildcats have something to prove. They certainly played that way in the Pac-12 tournament. And then conversely, you know, flipping around the map, St. Mary's being seeded as a five and having to travel all the way to Albany, the committee did them no favors whatsoever against a VCU team that is going to make life really difficult on them. VCU turns you over at such a high rate. And when you pair that with the way that St. Mary's wants to play, they want to play that slow, plodding, half-court game. Every single turnover takes on added value. So I like the Rams on the money line and plus the points in that spot.
2: What kind of a game do you expect that to be, that Arizona-Princeton game? I I bet that thing over the total, 153.5. I feel like that has the potential to be pretty high-flying, whether it's Arizona who carries most of the load or Princeton who plays in kind of a quick Ivy League being able to go up and down
7: themselves. And you won't be confusing this Princeton team for the old Pete Carell teams, yeah. you know, playing slow backdoor cuts. They want to play fast, and you saw it in a few games in the Ivy League when they played teams like Cornell. They were happy to play in the 80s. But the difference here is that Awoma is going to be overwhelmed, I think, by Arizona's bigs. They like to run their offense through Owoma, who's about, you know, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, point forward. That's going to be problematic against Tubelis and Balo. So I think there's going to be issues for Princeton keeping pace. And Arizona is more than happy to play really fast. Um, You know, having a Gonzaga protege as their head coach, they want to play at that breakneck pace. I think they get close to 100 in this game.
3: I do think that's an interesting angle. The fade the flight, though. I I like that. Uh, Can you give us a Moneyline dog for the opening round? We know there are going to be a few that are going to come home.
7: So I love the Paladins. The Dims are not only a great story, but they are one of the best shooting teams in the entire country, taking on a Virginia line defense. That I think is a little bit overvalued, particularly when you look at the matchup in the X's and O's phases of it. The Paladins like to play five out in a motion offense, so they're going to spread the floor and not necessarily get bogged down inside the two-point arc. And then from a personnel standpoint, Bothwell, their guard, is six foot three, averaged 18 points, three and three per game this year. He's someone who can fill it up. And then Jalen Slauson, a six foot seven senior on the low block, he averaged close to 16.7 boards and over three stocks when you add steals and blocks together. I think they're a team that can, you know, throw a scare into Virginia, and I think they're going to win outright as a plus two twenty-five underdog. You got to remember, this is a Virginia team that not only lost to UMBC, but then I want to say about three years ago lost to Ohio in a matchup that just wasn't great on paper for them, and they ended up running into one of the hottest mid majors in the country this year. That's Furman.
2: Michael, I I want to throw our producer a bone here because Elliot. His family has deep ties with the University of Purdue. He is the first male to not attend the University of Purdue since 1672. Uh, it's been it's been quite an end of the season here for the Boilermakers. Is there a case to be made? Everybody's already picking, just like last year, right, with Memphis and Gonzaga. Everybody's already looking forward to the next round with Memphis taking on Purdue. What's the case for Purdue to make a run here?
7: Well, I actually think there's some decent value out on the market. You can get Purdue at minus 188, minus 190 to make the Sweet 16. And when I look at their potential second-round matchup, there's a hedge spot. Say FAU gets by Memphis. It'll probably be a six, seven-point spread against Purdue. Then you just go ahead and take the points. That's a big middle to be able to get Purdue to advance to the Sweet 16 while also hitting the Owls on the spread there. But in general, I think the issues with Purdue have been well-stated. Their guard play is just not prepared for a situation where they fall behind by six to eight points. Memphis can rev their engine and run right by and build up a lead in the same way that FAU having such balanced scoring and being able to bomb away from three can do the same. All that being said, I do think the market is a little bit low on the Boilermakers because at the end of the day, they still have an elite big. Zach Edy's someone who's, you know, dropped in 30 and 10 so many times. He's right up against Glenn, big Doll. Big dog robinson's modern day record for the Boilmakers. so i still think there's value to get to the sweet 16. beyond that i'm not so sure just because of their deficiencies and lack of experience in their backcourt
3: we've only got about 20 seconds but if you had to pick now who's winning it all
7: i'm going to go with ut you know i think about 30 years ago if you had said you're going to lose your head coach mid-season that would probably have been an, a kill shot for a team like texas but the fact of the matter is there's only four or five possessions a game where coaches are really drawn up critical X's and O's kind of plays. And Texas has a lot of experience. I like their flexibility in the front court. I think their path is pretty, you know, preferable to be able to get to the final four. I think UT gets it done and you can still find them at about 20 to one. Out of the market.
3: Awesome stuff. Thank you so much. That is Michael Calabrese of the action network. And speaking of, Texas's former coach Chris Beard hired this morning as the new coach of the Ole Miss Rebels. We're going to step aside. More Lombardi Line coming at you with Mike Pritchard joining the show.
0: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host Stormy Bonatoni
2: on v The Sports Betting Network.
3: All right, everybody, we're rolling along here on the Lombardi line. Make sure you become a Visa Pro subscriber. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year, just $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our whole team is here to get you ready for every single game in each round of the tournament. Only Visa Pro subscribers get unlimited access to daily best bets, including the betting splits tools. We got our big dance bracket and betting guides. These guys have in depth breakdowns. Adam Burke has something on all 68 teams, Cinderella se- selections, bracket predictions, and picks on every game. Brent Musburger is involved. We got picks from Greg Hoops Peterson. Sign up today to get the betting guides plus full access to Beeson through the end of the tournament for only $19. Again, that's slash subscribe. JVT on the desk with us here. I'm Stormy Von and Tony live from Circle Resort and Casino. And as we continue some of the NFL news with. Um, legal tampering opening up today. So the, the start of free agency, we got some news coming down. We'll talk it over with Mike Pritchard, who joins the show. Now, former NFL wide receiver, spent nearly a decade in the league, holds it down, doing great stuff with us here at visa. what's going on, Pritch? How are you today?
6: A lot's going on. Great to be with you, Stormy (laughs) and JVT. I hope you're having a fabulous Monday. (laughs)
3: A lot's going on, but nothing with Aaron Rodgers yet. We'll get to that uh, in a moment. The big news over the last like 10 minutes or so is that a stalwart of this Eagles defense, Javon Hargrave has signed with the San Francisco 49ers, four years, $84 million. He was the top defensive tackle available on the market. And for this 49ers team, we know defense has been their strength for years and they're adding to it, Pritch.
6: Yeah, I think it's a good move, Stormy, to be honest with you. I mean, it's still a Super Bowl-caliber roster. Um, they got to solidify the quarterback position, but it's a young situation. You know, you're anticipating uh, Brock Purdy and Trey Lance going to be, be, stay healthy, right? And uh, they're going to have an entire offseason to get healthy, too. Uh, maybe you can add a veteran if you have to. But uh, to strengthen the defense any uh, furthermore uh, with Hargrave, I think, is except, exceptional uh, for what the 49ers have done right there. It's indicating to a lot of people, not only their fans— Uh, but two betters that they believe that that Super Bowl window is still open. So it's a a solid move right there. Uh, Paid a lot for a guy that obviously the Eagles feel good about replacing, which they
2: have. Uh, But at least I I think uh, that defense for the 49ers stays strong. So, uh, Pritch, I'm curious your thoughts. Like, overall, you know, we get excited about names that move during free agency. Mm Mm-hmm. How much do teams realistically improve in a free agency window depending on who they add? Right? Because I think these odds are going to shift because we'll see notable names move. But does it realistically move the probability of a team winning a Super Bowl that much?
6: Um, It depends on the situation. Like for Hargrave, it's not going to move the number that much, that significantly, because I think everything is going to be predicated on a quarterback situation for the 49ers. But uh, if they get that quarterback situation solidified, JVT, now if you look at that entire roster, they did get deeper and they got better uh, and they got a rotation. Um, you know, you think about teams that are routinely going to the Super Bowl and, and uh, com- competing uh, on that level, they have a defensive front and a rotation. I mean, the Eagles enjoyed that last year and uh, that's why you can move on from a guy like that. Uh, you got Jordan Davis who you drafted a couple of years, last year uh, and, and you're looking for him to replace that guy. So uh, the Eagles get younger and cheaper uh, and then the 49ers get more expensive, but yet still competitive at a high level.
3: I am curious what the fallout in general is going to be for the Eagles as free agency continues because they had so many guys that are up on the market. But we did get the news right. earlier today. At least their center, Jason Kelsey, is going to come back for another year. Uh, let's get to some of Pritch's points, which of course we love to do here when it comes to free agency. What are some takeaways that, that betters and, and people in general should be aware of during this time?
6: Well, I mean, I think, and David T asked a great question because it's like, are, are these teams really getting better through free agency? Uh, one of the things, one of the mantras, and Michael Lombardi talk about this, that uh, through the draft, it's best player available. Uh, you have a larger window, a larger sample size that, in which you can get better. Uh, through free agency, you'll probably fit a need. Uh, now, which teams are going to overpay, right? Uh, but there's a reason why there's free agents, like Hargrave. Like, uh, if he was really uh, valuable to the Eagles, he would not be walking out the door. Uh, But they have Jordan Davis. So they're gonna get young and cheaper. So let's go with old and expensive. You know, Calais Campbell gets uh, released. Uh, Derek Carr uh, gets released. I mean, if you're not productive or if you're not meeting expectations, uh, then teams are looking to get rid of you because you're old and expensive, right? You're not clunky, but you're just old and expensive. Uh, in other words, they also feel like they can replace you or they, they already have replaced you through the draft. And so uh, that's the second point. Uh, better options, younger and cheaper. Uh, and then injuries. You know, there's always injury concerns with free agents or injury history, uh, like a Garoppolo. I mean, I think that's buyer beware. So as a better, uh, if you can write down these three points and and file information away as you observe free agency, and really uh, pull back the curtain on why this is happening. Uh, I think that can help out your bankroll later on
2: this year. Hmm. All right, so let's pull back the curtain on something else then. I'm going yeah. to assume, Pritch, that a massively impactful corner is not available for a third-round pick and a random tight end.
6: <laughs> well, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. See that that doesn't move the needle at all, right? Uh, Jalen Ramsey is like uh, is fantasy football there, uh, JBT and Uh, You know, I've watched T Higgins run by uh, Jalen Ramsey. I've watched a number of receivers run by Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I've seen Jalen Ramsey be moved to the inside slot Mm -hmm. where you have a lot of help, linebacker and safety, right? And uh, he's no longer that shut down, put me on an Island. I can man this side of the field type of corner. Uh, So I don't know, you know, the market bears what it bears, but uh, I think there's desperation if you are are the dolphins and maybe you're going to strengthen that defense. And, are you going to help out Vic Fangio a little bit? But uh, yeah, those kind of moves right there just didn't move the needle for me in terms of, oh my God, the Dolphins, I got to put them down as one of the best teams in AFC right now.
3: Here with Beeson host and former NFL wide receiver, Mike Pritchard, be on the show with us to later this week as well as he always is. And Pritch, we talked a lot about the Bears side of the trading down from the number one overall pick in this year's draft earlier in the show. But what about the Panthers side of this and, you know, what they've given up to ultimately have that position in the draft? and the odds that have shifted as significantly as they have with C.J. Stroud being favored seems a little bit excessive on the surface. No, what did you make of this?
6: <laughs> well, it's funny because we were talking about this last week. Uh, you know, C.J. Stroud, uh, the number one quarterback uh, taken off the board, I think it was plus 500, right? Uh, right around that mm-hmm. range. And uh, we've seen those odds shift, obviously. And I mean, I think if you're Carolina, you're in a quarterback market, a lot of times quarterback goes at the top of the draft. Uh, so as a better, do you determine, okay, is that guy really – Bryce Young, right? I mean, they, they have, is it P.J.? I keep getting these guys confused. P.J. Walker yes, the, or P.J. Tucker. P.J. Who's Walker. Quarterback? PJ, P.J. Tucker Walker. is
2: the forward for the Philadelphia 76ers. He's the hooper, <laughs> right? I know, exactly. <laughs>
6: and P.J. Walker is shorter than P.J. Tucker. so <laughs> yeah. But he's taller than Bryce Young. And it's like, okay, wait a minute. Are they really drafting Bryce Young? Are they trading up to number one to draft Bryce Young? I mean, I, I think it's all about C.J. Stroud, in my opinion, because he's a can't miss guy. He's a he's a GIO with the Kung Fu grip out the box, ready to play with Stormy and JVT. And uh, it's like, if you're Carolina, you want a GI Joe. You don't want uh, one of those uh, broken pieces or one of those little pieces uh, like Bryce Young. Uh, and so I, I think CJ Stroud is a play. If they get off of CJ Stroud, it's because they discovered something along the way uh, between now and the draft. But yeah, I think it's CJ Stroud to Carolina that's the reason why they traded up for that guy.
2: All right. I got this. We're going to, we're going to expand this analogy. Then you ready for this? <laughs> yes. So CJ Stroud is the GI Joe with the Kung Fu grip out of the box. Ready right. to go. I'd argue that Bryce young is one of the little pieces as part of a large Lego set that once you build that bad boy up, he's going <laughs> to be something grandiose and spectacular where with GI Joe, you got to build three other, you got to get three other box sets, Pritch so you can make GI Joe play with something else. In other words, GI Joe's got to be in the perfect situation Bryce Young you can turn him into whatever you want he can maximize what you have you think so
6: I mean that's that's a lot of pieces sometimes you lose those <laughs> little pieces too so my kid had one in his mouth
3: right
6: right, and, and then you don't have the right piece and all of a sudden you're stuck because how are you going to build that thing you don't have the piece anymore uh, I think CJ Stroud um with the kung fu grip <laughs> you get him on the field uh that's going to pay dividends and he, I I love the roster for Carolina, too, you know, with Marshall and LaVisca Chenault, who they traded for, who's a highly versatile player, can play tight end, can play fullback, can play wide receiver. Uh, And then they still have a chance to build through the draft, too, you know, with other pieces. But uh, that's a roster that wants to run the football. We know that. They did very well last year running the football. And um, I I think with Frank Reich, he's going to understand that, too. But Frank Reich, he he played with Jim Kelly. Um, He went after Wentz. Uh, he went after these guys you know you know all these quarterbacks that that fit the dimensions uh of a CJ Stroud more so than who they already have uh and PJ Walker i got to <laughs> get that correct uh and a, and a you know uh, a smaller quarterback uh, and so I, I love Bryce Young and i love the talent i really do but it's the availability right and and how long can you forecast that uh with a guy with that dimension
2: Pritch, last 30 seconds so then Carolina win the division. I think they're attractive already. If they get shroud, that would be an attractive bet. No.
6: Yeah. I mean, unless Atlanta is pulling everybody and they go after Lamar. Yeah. Um, I Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind looking at CJ Stroud and Carolina right now. Certainly. I mean, and uh, you look at um, the saints and, and Derek Carr. It, it, I don't know what that's going to look like either, but uh, I would look, I would lean towards Carolina right now.
3: Awesome stuff. Pritch. Appreciate your time. That's Mike Pritchard at M.I. Pritchard on Twitter. And I was surprised, JVT, that the Panthers didn't consider more getting involved in Lamar Jackson instead of trading yeah. up and ultimately getting an unproven commodity um, to rebuild their franchise around. We're going to step aside, getting back to college hoops when we come.
4: Find. Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen.
5: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on v the sports betting
2: network.
3: BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into BetMGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up BetMGM or log on today and get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and game sets remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Rolling along here, Stormy Bon and Tony. And Jonathan Von Tobel on the desk. This is the Lombardi line, of course, presented by BetMGM. Getting back to, because there is no movement on Aaron Rodgers still publicly. Nothing that we no. have heard, which I know you wanted to talk about that so much. No update, unfortunately. But uh, it is time to talk college basketball because it is time to go dancing. The first four begins tomorrow in Dayton, Ohio. And then the field of 64 after that. Um, and it's going to be so much fun. The parody in college basketball is off the chain. And what's so exciting about these early round games is we always talk about, like, okay, who's going to be this underdog that's going to get the first and second round upset? Who's going to be this kind of Cinderella darling? Um, as you kind of went through the early bracket and were trying to pick out these first games that you wanted to attack, were there, like, some key factors of teams that you look for, or how do you make those early picks?
2: Uh, I think, for, so it's, it's mostly just matchup related for me. I guess I would try, you know, you try to find the team's, that maybe the market isn't too keen on, like, right. So I, I'll go back to that Utah State example. Right. You know, Utah State, a team that plays for a conference, you know, that a lot of people probably didn't watch much of, but that some of the smarter minds out there, like Ken Pums and others, that rated that conference relatively high. I mean, look, even the committee thought highly of it because they put a fourth team in in Nevada who got in. So I think that's kind of what I'm looking for. You're you're trying to go off a little bit of the beaten path because we know exactly what these top teams are but maybe betters and the market hasn't caught up to potentially how good some of these teams are. You know, if I, if I were to tell some people, for example, that Utah state was a top 20 team in the country, a lot of people would be like, what are you talking about? No, they're not. Well, mm-hmm. according to Ken Palm and other metrics, they are. And so I think when you're looking in that regard, that's what you're kind of looking for. I think to start off is some of those matchups. And I, you know, I'm, it's a fascinating exercise too, Stormy, me because you know, what do you do with some of these teams? Do you go recent form? Do you go with whole enchilada to use something that you would say? Right, would Like, how do you actually, right? You would say that, wouldn't that you?
3: That is, a, I, that was absolutely something right. that I would see? say. All right, see? I
2: love it. Um, like, if you're doing that, so a good example is like West Virginia, for example. So West Virginia comes into this, I think defensively in that conference, they did not play very well. They were in the bottom half of the league, I should say league, big 12, in defensive efficiency. And they didn't really end the regular season on a high note. But is that because they played in a really tough conference in the Big 12, and now when they take on a team like Maryland, their defense won't be as bad? It's a really interesting exercise, and I think there's a lot of different ways to
3: look at it. Um, Another thing that Michael Calabrese of the Action Network, he mentioned um, as something that he looks at when the bracket first comes out is cross-country flights and what travel is going to be for certain teams, and that's actually going to lead us to our pro tip of the hour. Pro tips, again, available at vcin.com, searchable by sport and by show. But fade the flight, as he says, since 2014, the four teams with the longest flights to their respective venues have covered just 39.3% of the time. And some teams that match that, that um, Michael has researched here is Arizona, who is one of his favorite plays is 13 point favorite against Princeton is there coming all the way out to Sacramento Creighton, a five point favorite against NC State um, to Denver VCU plus four and a half versus St. Mary's, that one in Albany and Charleston plus five and a half against San Diego state Um, SDSU going to Orlando, which that's the one on there I'm going to disagree with. I'm going to say that's going to be the one that covers is SDSU.
2: I was going to say, yeah, your your boys did not. uh, (laughs) I have them minus four and a half
3: though. That number, like I've seen anywhere in the last however many hours between San Diego state minus three and minus five and a half.
2: Yeah. I think we saw an opener of three and I like three and a half yesterday when we were on the air, and you're right, like five, five and a half is the high number now. So, yeah, and a total of 141 and a half. And this, this is the interesting part, too, where we when you get events like this, public bettors will have a little bit more influence once you get closer to the actual events because it's such a highly public affair, right? It's almost like the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is one of those events where it is greatly altered by public money, the line is. So when you get into situations like this, I will be curious to see some of these sexy 512 413 matchups how those numbers eventually move, because to your point, you know, you have a good number now, as this gets closer, as somebody like me, who's not involved in this yet, will I be able to get closer to three and a half? Because everybody's coming in and going, hey, you know, of course, Charleston, the 512, of course, they're going to beat San Diego State. <laughs> yes, Aztecs play the Mountain West. Like, i wonder if that's going to be something that is going to happen with some of these matchups where the seeds a lot of people like those seeding matchups
3: okay let's look at some of like those trends or just notable things from the seeds um in the round of 64. 16 versus the one still only umbc the only team to get that upset was, mm-hmm. of course it was a few years ago against virginia Um, 16 seeds are one and 147 historically in the NCAA tournament straight up. The 12 versus 5 is obviously a very popular one, 53 um, and 95. People always trying to pick their spots, and at least one 12 seed has won a game in 32 of the last 37 tournaments. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have anything on 12-5 you want to throw in?
2: Uh, I think really so we can get at the actual seeding win percentages since 2010 if you want those. So if you look at that, uh, let's see. Uh, Here we go. Uh, fifth seed, is that what you want, right? A ATS since 2010, 41.3%, the fifth seed. Now, the worst-performing seed of the higher seeds would actually be the sixth seed since 2010. They've only covered a 39.1% clip. However, as we're kind of talking about this here, too, realize that, right, you're going from, like, one, two, three, four, down to six. Those matchups are going to be tighter. You're going to generally get, like, maybe some of those bottom-ish Power 5 teams versus some of the better Um, you know, mid-major squads that have won their conference championship perhaps or or won in that large bid. So you're going to get, I think, probably, that makes a lot more sense, right? In that that six seed is not covering at a very high clip since 2010. So yeah, 39.1%. It's the lowest.
3: Good stuff. Other than Utah State, I know you're willing to lay the number there. What are two of your other just favorite bets that you have already. In
2: uh, so I, I think, uh, well, let's keep it the Mount West theme. Boise State uh, taking on Northwestern. I, I like this Boise State team a lot. And this is one uh, that has moved against me. I took Boise State pick. It's one now, one and a half. So it's not like I'm kicking myself. I'm missing anything crazy, right? Northwestern did get up to like five. Uh, but if you look at Boise State, the way that this roster is constructed, you know, Shaver's a really good lead guard for Boise State. They've got shooting at pretty much all four five positions are going to be out there on the court. And what I like about them a lot too, it's in Leon Rice builds these teams like this, is just their size. Story. I And mean, I'm not talking about like a bunch of six ten, seven foot guys. It's a bunch of six seven, like sturdy guys who are going to be out there. They're switchable on defense. They can spread the floor. There's really high ceiling on offense while being able to play good defense. You know, do you like the way they ended the Mountain West Conference tournament in that they blew a massive lead to UNLV, had to go to overtime, and then of course losing the way that they did against Utah State? Not entirely. But I think facing off against Northwestern with their size and their ability to shoot, I do think they match up well here, and that I think they're going to be able to pull that one off.
3: Awesome. My only um, bet in the Mountain West as of right now is San Diego, Diego State, State, and I laid that number. Um, but I, I like another bet that Michael mentioned earlier. He took Furman on the money line. I took the the plus points there, plus five and a half against Virginia. I think Virginia is probably a little overseeded in this spot. Um, they struggled down the stretch mm. and they've just looked like a team that's vulnerable and not particularly reliable. Whereas Bob Ritchie's team probably should have been in, um, got the auto bid from the SoCon last year and lost on that last second shot. They are very, very motivated to keep it rolling after winning the conference tournament this year. And I just like generally the, the style of play that they have. Um, and I also went ahead and bet. What did I do? Oh, and the first four I did. So this is interesting. Mm. I bet ASU, playing the one here this Mm -hmm. morning against Nevada. So I guess I did do a game that involves the I West, just baiting them in this spot. But um, I bet it, and then I looked back just like going through lines at circle like 10 minutes later, and they were minus two and a half. You moved it. I, and I clearly did not move that number. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting, though, that that quickly, because it wasn't something that I bet immediately mm-hmm. when the number came out yesterday that I bet this morning. And, well,
2: and so well, we've seen this. I think Michael brought this up, too. Or maybe it was Thomas Gable we were talking to. Regardless, you see a lot of these moves like today, right, the day after. And we've seen a lot of it. As I was driving in, the screen was lighting up in terms of some of these these numbers that have moved. So you're starting to see that. And also note, too, I, I did bet the Arizona-Princeton total over – at 153 and a half. If you look at Arizona, we know what they want to do right there. Up-tempo team, top 10 in terms of tempo, uh, top five in terms of offensive efficiency. I think they're still up there at least, but a very good offensive team that wants to run up and get down the floor. Princeton, on the other hand, I don't think they're going to stop them by any stretch, and they played in a pretty quick league, and Princeton can get up and down the floor as well if they want. As Michael put it, these are not the old-school Princeton offenses that are going to grind you down into dust and make this like a four-corners type deal. This is going to be one that if they want to run, and they did an Ivy League play, They could do it here with arizona so expect this thing to go over one
3: yeah
4: i'm excited
3: games are finally going to get underway i told you about the new installed tvs i'm feeling good i can watch everything i'm just i'm very very excited also i
2: don't have anything to do on friday except for go out and drink and bet so i can't wait
3: yes that's all we need um a reminder though that tonight Sin tonight nine o'clock to midnight eastern dave ross Wes Reynolds, Matt humans they're going to make picks on every single first round game and give out their top futures plays. Danielle Alvari is going to hit up the women's tournament as well for me at South Carolina or Bust. We'll see how that plays out. That's a wrap for today's edition of the Lombardi Line. Michael Lombardi's back tomorrow.